Okay, on uh, Easter Sunday, Melanie and I traveled with Ralph Doan, and many of you know Ralph Doan, our missionary with MANA. We traveled to Nepal to see our missionaries that we've been supporting for many years, David and Karen Freeman, and uh, that's what we want to tell you about this morning. Uh, I just want to just give you a disclaimer before we begin that I went to Pastor upon our return. I said, Pastor, we have about five or six pictures we'd like to show. It may take a couple minutes in church. This week, Melanie went to be with Luke uh, and give him the pictures. Now we have 67 pictures, and Pastor's sermon has been scrapped. <laughs> so bear with us. Uh, I don't know if you know where the country of Nepal is on a map, but it's right between China and India. They have about 27 million people. Their government is kind of in a state of change right now. They're going to have elections in uh, June. Uh, they're trying to decide on a Maoist, kind of a communist government, or another type of government. They used to have a king, uh, but the king is not in charge anymore, but their government is not real stable. Um, it took us 34 hours of traveling to get there. Now, that's not 34 hours on a plane, but we went from here to Dallas, met up with uh, Ralph Doan, and we would not have made the, this, this trip without Ralph Doan. I mean, I'm not going to be going around China and Nepal and all these places without somebody that knows what they're doing, but uh, Ralph travels there you know, frequently with MANA. He's the director of MANA in Southeast Asia, so we felt very comfortable traveling with Ralph and everything went very smooth. But we went to Dallas, picked him up, went to LA, flew to Hong Kong, about a 15-hour trip. Not exciting. Uh, then we went to uh, Bangladesh and then on to Kathmandu. So it's quite a trip if you're planning on going in the future. Uh, it, it's a while. David and Karen Freeman, as I said, have been missionaries for a long time. Uh, they're about as old as Melanie and I, so that gives you an idea. Uh, they started out as missionaries in Japan, and years later they moved their ministry to Kathmandu, which is the capital of Nepal. Nepal's a difficult country to work in, and, and uh, let me just give you some numbers. About 9% of the people in Nepal are Buddhist, and about 81% of the people there are Hindu. And so it's, the Hindu religion is kind of, it's a very dark religion. Uh, the Freemans focus on two separate works. The Bardia Grace Baptist Church, which is about a couple hundred miles away from Kathmandu, and when they travel there, they don't go by bus, they go by plane. And then the Kathmandu Bible Baptist Church. For those of you that are not real familiar with the Freemans, I'm taking two real small excerpts from uh, missions letters in, in the past few months just to give you an idea of some things that are happening there. This is a uh, little paragraph that kind of summed up the year of 2012. A year is always filled with various blessings and trials. Two significant blessings of 2012 were the 10th anniversary of the church in April and the addition of another Christian home to the church when two of our young people were married in August. Throughout 2012, 52 people accepted Christ in Kathmandu and Barnea, and we saw 38 people baptized. In October, over 50 pastors attended a 
ministry seminar at the church. Then November, in November, a young couple from the Philippines visited Nepal on a survey trip. They are currently raising support in the Philippines to return to Nepal as missionaries. Then another one that was just uh, very recent, uh, during the time of Easter celebration this year, we saw 15 people baptized. Twelve adults were baptized in the Barnea Baptist, uh, Grace Baptist Church, and three were baptized in Kathmandu. Uh, in the following four weeks, nine people have come to Christ in the two churches. We plan to baptize again in June. And one of those people that was saved was a Hindu priest who had been a priest for 25 years. At this time, uh, I'm going to take a microphone to my wife, and we're going to kind of team talk a little bit about uh, some pictures. The whole idea behind this is to just let you know what great missionaries we have in Ralph Doan and in David and Karen Freeman in a very difficult place to minister in Nepal. Turn that on. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so as you can see here, welcome to Asia's world city, Hong Kong. We were able to spend a day in Hong Kong with Ralph. And those of you that know the background, Ralph was a, a missionary with his family. They lived and ministered in Hong Kong. So it was great to just, uh, we, we didn't stay overnight there, but we were able to spend a day in Hong Kong. He showed us around the city. It's a city very similar to Miami or New York City, very modern. And, and we had a, a great time there. And his ministry continues to go on in Hong Kong. Uh, okay, Melanie? this was very interesting. I had never seen a piano like this. Um, it, to me, looks like maybe acrylic, or I'm not sure what material. Um, and then the next picture uh, I took for you ladies, I just thought it was beautiful. It was a perfume shop. Okay. The next picture. Oh, there we are. Just a bit different. Just, uh, just Ralph and I, uh, you know, he's acquainting us to Hong Kong. We can move on. This is us, our first morning in Kathmandu at the Freeman's home. Um, I was awakened, kind of um, startled. I, I heard some things that were very disturbing to me. Um, I heard what I thought was a woman, and she said, cry for mercy, cry for mercy. And I said, Reg, wake up, wake up. There's a woman outside in trouble. And so we listened, and we heard, and then we heard another voice. It, it sounded like we heard a bass voice and then a, and then an alto voice. And then suddenly in the soprano voice, we heard, cry for mercy, cry for mercy. It was a rooster. <laughs> okay. Uh, once I heard that, it really did sound like cry for mercy, but... Uh, Anyway, I didn't really think it was women out there. Um, here, here we are spending a morning at the Hyatt 
having breakfast now you say oh yeah reg tough missions trip there you go go to nepal and go to the hyatt but i'm going to tell you the honest truth they take many of the american visitors to the hyatt to eat the only place we ate was at their home the freeman's home and and at the hyatt we probably ate at the hyatt three times most of the time we ate at uh, uh, freeman's house uh, and we were able to talk a just a great deal with missionaries that have been missionaries for over 30 years, but you can't eat at other places. Now, Melanie, to be honest, got sick the whole week and ate crackers. That was it. I got sick one afternoon, and I have kind of an iron stomach. Uh, Karen got sick for a while. David one morning was very sick. What I'm trying to tell you is it is very normal for our missionaries to get sick on a regular basis. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you just have to be very careful. One of the things that the, even at the, even at the Hyatt, the people selling watermelons to the Hyatt would inject the watermelons with water to make more money because they'd weigh more. And, and so if you ate the watermelon, it was their water and you would just get sick. So you just need to understand uh, many times as I'm driving through the city, I'm just going, I, I just, I couldn't make it here. I couldn't do it here. I couldn't live here. And I don't think I could without the Lord's help. I don't think David and Karen could without the Lord's help. And yet with the Lord's help, they are glad to be there. They're doing a great job. And uh, let me tell you, when the Lord sends somebody there, he, he's going to equip them and he's going he's to allow it to happen and, and give them what they need. Okay. Here's Reg with a Buddhist, I thought it was a woman, he thought it was a man. <laughs> Next. <laughs> here's just a man with a, a load on his head. Next. Uh, here's a woman selling candles for worship. The Hindus uh, light candles in their homes every day, and light is a symbol of hope and prosperity. Okay, all these, uh, all these different colored papers. This is the all-seeing eye uh, temple. And it's a, it's a Buddhist temple called the All-Seeing Eye. And the people write prayers. I, I don't even know if these are, it's kind of a cloth more than paper, but they write prayers and just post them up there. It just made me think of verses in the Old Testament that say they make gods out of, out of wood and stone that can't see and can't hear, can't answer their prayers. Uh, and so it was, it was very sad. Uh, and, and every Buddhist temple has these eyes that symbolizes that Buddha sees all. Okay. This is Reg with the Nepali police. Yep, there you go, trying to stay in good with them. Okay, now, uh, all right. All right, another uh, shot of the uh, all-seeing eye temple. Okay. Karen was our guide, and she made sure that we hit all the... Um, points of interest, uh, and there we're shopping. That's a point of interest. I saw numerous uh, men and women from Florida Power and Light that were here to study their electrical system. Uh, <laughs> amazing. We can move on. And then those that were there to study their security system here. We just put some broken glass and Concrete it right into the wall and it keeps people from coming over. Okay, keep going. 
Okay, now, an interesting family here. The Freemans called this girl their daughter, uh, you know, an adopted daughter that, uh, that they have just seen grow up and have, you know, helped take care of financially. This, her husband, who was a pastor, grew up in an orphanage. How did he get to the orphanage? During a tsunami when he was young, his mother put him on some kind of a log. He was able to survive while the rest of his family perished. Uh, what was it? An English, uh, English missionary found him, took him to this lady they called Mama, who had over a 1,000 people in her orphanage that would grow up in this Christian orphanage, and he was one of them. Uh, just an unbelievable story. But these are... Uh, these people had a church. They had an orphanage. We went and visited over there, and uh, the, the Freemans are very much in touch with what's going on there. Next. Uh, Melanie, with, with one of the little uh, babies there that day, we went and visited that orphanage. Uh, it's not the orphanage that we're going to talk about later, but another one. Okay, and then... This is different that you probably have never seen. This is a Hindu kind of a cremation site. And in between where we are here taking the picture to them is, is what is usually a big river. But because it hasn't rained in such a long time, the river is only just a little 10-foot stream. And these people, these Hindus, are preparing this body to be uh, uh, doused and... and with fire and, and, and burn up. Um, okay, we can, we can move on. In Hinduism, monkeys are sacred and considered to be gods of power and strength. Part of the cremation is they, they, they take the body down to the water. Different part people in the family would take some water from that very clean river, as you can see, and put on them, and it's just part of, part of the ceremony. And that's, that's what they're doing there. We can move on. In Hinduism, cows are considered to be gods. They're sacred, and they're considered to be the mother of all, including humans and gods. I don't know who this is or what he was doing, but I just liked him. <laughs> I thought he was neat looking. <laughs> there is a woman uh, selling a necklace. Um, also in this area of the cremation site, we passed um, by a leper colony. On David and Karen's prayer card, they have a verse in, uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's in Psalms, uh, Psalm 36, 5 and 6, that says, Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. So Melanie and I and Ralph went on a flight. We flew around, uh, around these Himalayan mountains, Mount Everest, and you know, a number of others, and the whole time I was up there, this song by Third Day just kept going through my mind. Uh, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. It was just a great... Now we can move on. The next few pictures we took from the airplane or maybe took from the cockpit of the uh, mountains. Some people come there. Many people come to Nepal to see the Hindu temples or to see the mountains. They go up in the mountains and trek 
which is, in my words, just hike up in the mountains. If you want to climb Mount Everest, cost you at least $70,000 a person because you have to hike to the base camp. You have to stay there 30 days and then go, and it's a, it's a major part of your life. We can move on. There's some more. Pick, okay, Melanie? The girls and women in um, Nepal wear saris to cover the whole body except the face. The married women apply a spot between their eyebrows, and they consider their husbands to be a god. This man is wearing a mask. Uh, while we traveled around in the city, David would, would wear a mask. The air pollution is very bad, and at the time we were there, they hadn't had rain in a long time, so there was a lot of dust. Uh, they were, seemed like redoing the sidewalk in every part of Kathmandu, so a lot of dust. This is the building right next door to the, um, where the Freemans live. And it, and it looks very much like the Freeman house. In fact, it was difficult for us to get a picture of the Freeman house like this because we'd have to go up in their <laughs> fourth story. So it really, the Freeman's house looks very much like this. Uh, five stories. Uh, and the plan is for Manna to purchase this house next door to the Freemans and, and have the orphanage take place in, in that five-story home right there. That is the plan. And these people do want to sell, sell their home, and so Manna is planning on uh, purchasing it. And uh, do you want me to tell them about the different floors of the Freeman House you're going to? Okay. Uh, okay. Okay, next. Now, this is, this is taken on the back of the Freeman's house. The two lots... In the very back, you say, man, this is not a very big place. You can see a man walking down on the left. So this is not a big place at all, but land is, is at a premium there. To the left, you see this kind of a, a brown land. A doctor owns that, but the manna, and, and they're going to plan on buying that. And they're going to plan on buying the land to the right. It's very small, but they're going to plan on buying it because these people can't do anything really with that land because it's all locked in. And then behind that, where that man is walking all the way to the right, uh, the, the, the church, the Freeman's church there, they own that. So if they can buy this land here closer to their house, they may sell that. But the whole idea is to put like a playground out there for the orphanage, put an area for a playground right out there. Okay, next. This is laundry day, and I want to tell you about the Freeman's home. The first level will be where the orphanage is begun. The second level they use for their church services. The third level is where the pastor and his family live. The fourth level is where the Freemans live. And then up on the top level where we are now is a little guest apartment. Okay. Again, more wires that we can see from the restaurant. Okay, traffic. I, I, I was literally afraid many times walking as we were shopping, that Melanie was going to get hit by a car or a motorcycle. I'm not kidding you. I was walking behind her as her security. It, it, uh, now, here's what we were told. Here's what we were told by Dave and Karen. If you hit somebody and kill them, you have to take their sneakers or their shoes and tie it onto the back of your, your, uh, like your car so that people know the kind of driver you are. Or if you hit another car and have a big wreck, you have to put one of their hubcaps on, tear a tie that on there. 
But we didn't see any. I, I don't understand. I'm expecting a wreck every 10 seconds, not only when we're walking, but when we're driving. It's out of control. Just some uh, little trinkets for sale. Next. A man trying to sell David a flute. Next. We passed an art gallery with beautiful paintings. Next. There's a little girl that uh, hopped up on the side of our vehicle. And as Reg said, um, Hinduism is, is a very, very dark religion. And even mothers really do terrible things um, to earn money. Uh, sometimes they even maim their own children. Uh, so that they can beg and receive more money. Next. In um, Hinduism and in Nepal, they have a living goddess. They call her the Kamari Diva. Young girls from ages four to seven, seven years old, are selected as the living goddess. She must have the appropriate horoscope and selections based on the perfection of their body shape and their voice quality. Her feet are never allowed to touch the ground. She will remain the Kamari Diva until approximately the age of 12, and then they select a new goddess. These are, next, these are just some white, I think, lions or dragons or something, lions, yeah. where she lives. Mm -hmm. Next. And this place right in here is kind of the, the, the central place for all Hindus, and so... Uh, Hindus from different countries around the world come and visit here. Uh, it's just, uh, as we go on, that, that's the temple there, but as we go on to see the next pictures, th this is what they're worshiping. You see that man up there. He's worshiping that, that so-called God, and we move on. And other pictures, there's that man. There's people all around here, and there were some pictures that we didn't want to take of things that you didn't want to see. <laughs> Okay, uh, there you go. You need a motorcycle. Uh, there you go. Okay, Melanie? Um, this is the picture of the Freeman's living room. Um, we just, um, you know, take so many things for granted. Uh, they may have electricity eight hours a day, um, but we, we enjoyed very um, many conversations in this room. Next. This is a picture of their kitchen. Next. This is a picture of their pastor's wife. Her name is Usa, and uh, she oversaw the building. Of she and her husband um, will also be running the orphanage, and this is a very talented and capable woman. Next. Yeah, this is uh, uh, that picture that you just saw was inside their church on the second floor. This is the praise team. And church, uh, according to the government, you must have, if you're going to have church, it must be on Saturday. So uh, Ralph spoke in the church on Saturday morning. We are able to be there for a service. The people do not sit in uh, pews. They sit on a carpet. They just kind of sit there. And uh, we were very impressed with the young people that attentively, normally they go to kind of a children's church, but that day they stayed and their attention was unbelievable. They were singing along. They knew all the words. It was great. And there you go. You can see the people. This was this was early before the church uh, service uh, really got started. Uh, it was uh, because it was it was a lot more full than that. Three young boys there that sat kind of on the front row. The two girls on the outside are twins, and they are. Um the first 
orphans in the orphanage. Next. Karen was so excited to introduce me to uh, her friends that morning, and I just so wished that I could speak with her. Next. This man on the right rode six hours on buses, different buses, to get to the church service. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Go ahead. This, this basement, this is, now the church was on the second floor, as Melanie said. This is the basement, and this is where they can start the orphanage, the Mana Orphanage, right now. Uh, they can, they're, they're in the process of purchasing beds, dressers, and they can start out right now with about five or six in the orphanage, and then as, as uh, finances come in, uh, they're, they're going to be able to, the goal is to have about 25 or maybe a few more in, in the orphanage. And they, these children will attend a private school, and they will be brought up just hearing God's uh, wonderful message their whole life. And this would be the, the lower floor. This is the home where the Freemans lived, and, and, and the pastor's wife oversaw the, the, you know, the building of this home. As Melanie said, she's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Capable. <laughs> okay. This is the kitchen, where the kitchen will be, and it's just a wonderful amount of space. And this is one of the 14-year-old twins. Next. This is the twins, and uh, they will really be an asset to the orphanage. They'll be able to help with the cooking and the laundry and taking care of the children. And these girls are able to start school now uh, because of the orphanage beginning. Next. Here's a picture of us in Freeman's home. And again, you know, we take so much for granted. Um, clean water, safe food, um, traffic laws. Uh, they have eight hours of electricity on average a day, and they never know when that's going to be. They do have a generator uh, in their home, so... Um, but anyway, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to spend time with them. As Reg said, our meals, some of our meals were prepared by the pastor's wife, Usa, and she would uh, bring these upstairs or the twins would help bring them upstairs. Again, uh, back to my roosters, I just wanted to tell you that since we've been back, I laugh every time I think about that crazy rooster um, crying for mercy and it's just a reminder of what we need to do. Psalm 140, verse 6, and the last part, tells us to cry for mercy. And that's our prayer for the work in Nepal, that the Lord will look down and show favor and have mercy. That's what we all need is God's mercy. Here's the pastor, Javon and Usa. Their testimony is just a great, uh, great uh, thing to hear. He, he, he is in the highest class, caste, is it caste? Caste or class. They have five different classes. He and his wife are both in the highest class. He was running a hotel. He's a, he was a businessman. He was running a hotel. David Freeman brought some people. They were going to stay in another hotel. They were going to do some trekking up in the mountains. And the other hotel that they had reservations in just said, hey, we don't have your reservation. And he walked up, and, and Javon was sitting outside, so they stayed in Javon's hotel. And, and then they stayed there again the next year, and something happened like this. This is as close as I can get. Somebody was very sick, and, the, and David and the group paid money to have them taken care of, and then he gave money to Javon to say, hey, go check in the hospital, see if this man's doing okay. And Javon just looked at the way they did things, 
and he knew that they had a difference in their life, in the way they lived and acted, he became a Christian. He is now the leader, the pastor. He's going to be the leader of the orphanage. He's the leader of the future. He has two boys that David was able to get into uh, Bible Baptist College. One of them is a junior. One of them, I think, is a freshman. They're going to come back after they graduate. Not only was David able to get them into the college, but they're not paying. He was able to get them to go there for free. Uh, they're going to come back and help with the work. They're very instrumental in helping with the work. That's a real blessing. Uh, they have an adopted daughter uh, that they got from over in the area where that Barnia uh, church is. Uh, these people are very, uh, like, for instance, the wife. Her, she had a family member that used to be in the king's court, and that's, that's, that's really high. And so they can kind of get things done because they know people, not, not in a bad way, doing things in a bad way, but, you know, uh, Javon's family, he, he's got people in his family that work in the government. So right now, even as they get permits to have the orphanage, Things kind of are, uh, you know, go a little bit faster when you know somebody on the inside. And I'm not talking about doing things the wrong way, but he's just uh, looked up to. The, his relatives worship him, want to worship him one day a year. That's what you do. They worship the youngest son one day a year. So when they come over to worship him, he says, no, you can't worship me, but I'll give you a blessing from God's word. But there's so many things like that. He has to help. He and David have to help in, in arranging marriages of Christian couples. And they just arrange marriages for people in the church. It's just the way it goes. Uh, we're going to fly through the next few pictures. Fly through. We uh, wanted to show you just a, a few pictures of Beijing. Here's a, a picture from Snack Street. A variety of fancy food. You could get grilled scorpion, octopus, Starfish, and you can, you can, uh, seahorse, you can go on through these pictures. You can get grilled lizard, grilled caterpillars, and other unidentified insects. And then the next picture, next picture, we were able to go up on the Great Wall. Um, it's largest man-made structure in the world. It's over 5,500 feet long, and the purpose was to keep out the invaders from the north and to keep the Chinese people in. And to come down, Ralph kept saying, I have a surprise when we get to the end. And to come down, we were able to ride this, I guess, kind of like a luge on the way down. Okay. Melanie, what are oh. you doing? Oh, no. <laughs> we stopped in in Hawaii on the way back. Melanie, what? Well, that's our little granddaughter, oh, Madeline. Melanie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. that off of there. If you would, as we finish here today... Think of the words in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is a great model in Nepal of missions, uh, and when the Freemans leave the work there, which they're planning on doing soon, they're planning on coming back to the States and buying a home maybe in Clearwater, this work is going to go on with Jivan and Usa. It's going to go on. And the, 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 uh, the model is just the same model that we're trying to do here. 
right here to make disciples and teach. Um, in the past, well, just since January, you know Ralph Doan was here with Manna in January, and since January, uh, our church, members of our church, have given over $4,000 to uh, the the kids that will be in this orphanage. You say, wait a minute, they don't even have the orphanage yet. Well, the money is going towards the children that will be in the orphanage, and and the orphanage is going to be starting even in the next few weeks and, and days, and it's going to be started because they already have the building. that They can put it on the first floor, and then as they purchase that building next door or the house next door, they can have more children come in. But uh, the people in these churches and this orphanage are the Christians that are going to be the leaders of the future in Nepal. We saw a number of people and we heard about others that grew up in the orphanage that David was kind of alongside of with this lady called Mama. A thousand kids were in her orphanage and now they're leaders. They're not just the the regular people in Nepal, but they're the leaders because of their educational background. And that's what's going to happen here uh, with the Lord's blessing. So, you know, if you'd like to be involved in helping with, you know, to sponsor some of these children in the orphanage that's going to be on the first floor and then, and then later moved over to this next, uh, this house next door, you, you could. Talk, you can talk to me. I don't think we have any papers for you to, you know, sign up with today uh, along with MANA to help feed these children. It's like $28 a month to feed and, and have their school supplies. It's about $100 a month for everything that they have in their needs. And, you know, you, you can do whatever you want if you're interested in that. But we want to come alongside our missionaries in Nepal and help them with this uh, with this orphanage, and, and as far as Melanie and I concern, are concerned, it, it, it is so worth it. They're doing a great job. We are supporting missionaries that are doing a tremendous thing. And the one thing that I would say in closing is this. As we talked with David and Karen, it wasn't, look what we've done. Look at this. Look at all these things that we've done. It's like, you know, it really wasn't us. It was God. I mean, who led us to this, to, to Jivan? When, when the one hotel was filled and we just walked up and he was sitting outside running that hotel. Who did that? God did that. He, he, David just walks around and says, I can't believe, well, I can, but you know, what, what God is doing through us here in Nepal. It's not a matter of, oh, we got, I got all this, we got all this going. It's just, it's just amazing that God has used us and, and this is what's happening. And that's what he does. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart and to Melanie's heart as we made this uh, trip over there to Nepal. Thank you for people like David, Karen. Thank you for Ralph Doan and the work he continues to do with Mana. Lord, I, I thank you for our church, and I thank you for the giving spirit that we have. And Lord, I pray for each one of our missionaries as they continue to do exactly what we're trying to do here in, in Pompano Beach, to make disciples and to teach them about uh, what about your love and your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.